And we are back at the Prolytically Correct podcast, September 2nd, 2018. Happy Labor Day to everybody out there. Uh, got Mike in here. My name's Tommy. Uh, good uh, list of topics we're going to go over today. Uh, we last met up, I believe it was last Saturday morning. So uh, we'll, we'll recap everything that's happened since. Got some college football, some politics, entertainment, uh, just a little bit of everything like we normally do. Uh, Mike? Happy Sunday. Happy Labor Day. How you doing? Happy Labor Day. I'm doing pretty darn well. Getting uh, getting the podcast in. There we both go. are busy gentlemen now with our concurrent ongoing fire academies. So Very busy. It's, it's good to get in here, you know, get a little break from that. Kind of, you know, talk about some stuff. Have, have, have some fun in here with you. So. I agree. What is Labor Day? Is that... When was this established? Give me a little lowdown on that. Oh, Labor Day? It's one of your favorite days, I'm sure. You Why know, is that? Given how um, anti-communist L- you are. <laughs> how laborious I am? Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, Labor Day uh, is always the first Monday in September. And it, it honors the American labor movement and the contributions that workers have made to the strength prosperity, laws, and well-being in the country. Wow, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it uh, it was actually initially proposed by trade labor unionists, which I guess is, I fall in that category now. I, I signed labor. some documents. Uh, no, I'm a unionist as well. You know, Both sides of the aisle. Part of the local, so we're good to go. And uh, so, yeah, it was the first... The first parade in New York City. So, and Oregon was the first state of the United States to make an official public holiday. So there you go. Right on. How was your first week in your new lifestyle? Fantastic. Yeah. The first week was great. It's nice. A lot of good stuff. The level of no offense to any organizations I participated in before, but the level of training is just top notch. Really. Um, Top notch. They're everything standardized. Everything they have broken firefighting down into a science out there. I'm not, not going to name the organization just for a little anonymity, but they they've broken firefighting into an exact science. There is a right way to do things because they have tried and tested all the different methods, and they found the best way to do it, the quickest, most efficient way that gets the job done. And uh, uses the least amount of physical effort. So, very impressive. Um, That's awesome. Our LT, who's kind of leading this thing, came out and did a hydrant drill. And, you know, I'm a young, athletic um, gentleman who has been involved in the fire service for a little bit now. Very competitive. I like to train hard and I like to be fast and Mm -hmm. efficient and sort of perfectionist. And, uh, you know, I was getting pretty good times on my hydrant drill. And the LT, who's probably in his late 40s, um, came out there and blew us all away. Just did the did the hydrant drill so smooth. Yeah. So perfect. Leadership it, it by example. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's not like he's in his physical prime no. in his peak. You know, he just has the technique down. Just that muscle packed. memory. So smooth, so smooth with everything he does, and that's just good. That's motivating. It is. It's good to see when your instructors are killing it and still take their profession serious and all their skills serious. 
especially when I was coming from an organization where I was so like, much. I I can uh, I can do it better than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be humbled, especially in the first week. It is. How's and uh, the group of people I'm with, solid group of individuals. Unfortunately, one of our members, uh, actually, I'm gonna avoid saying that, but had a okay. medical issue come up. Oh. Um, and he should be returning later, but uh, that's a little unfortunate. But oh, that is unfortunate. How's your How's your uh, academy going? How's it's that? good, man. It was uh, speaking of humbling. It was a very humbling first week. Um, it's just stuff I'm not used to doing, and like. You said I'm a competitive person and I take my physical fitness serious, but this is just uh, all new and, and humbling and just I feel awkward and like not as physically responsive as I normally feel. So, but that's a good thing. And I, I was kind of expecting that going into it, that it's definitely going to be a huge learning curve, especially the first week, which is stuff I'm just not familiar with. You know, you can kind of physically prepare and mentally prepare as much as you can, but kind of different once once you're there and doing it with everybody else but i love the instructors instructors are they're stern but fair which is really all you can ask for from an instructor and then uh, there's 29 recruits total and i think uh, we work really well together as a team we're really supportive and trying to make sure that everybody succeeds so it's a good group and it's definitely a conducive environment to do well but uh, it definitely was a, a humbling first week to say the least Glad to hear it. And it is awkward, you know. I don't know. You haven't had any experience with structural firefighting. On no, the no. Land. All the equipment, all the tools, everything's brand new. Yeah, there's there's definitely a learning curve, especially, you know, breathing on that SCBA, learning mm-hmm. to adjust to the lack of dexterity you have in your fingers with yeah, the gloves. Yeah, definitely. That's a huge thing. I think I'm just going to start wearing mitts, oven mitts everywhere I go. <laughs> exactly. Creep you some people it, out, but... <laughs> if you can do all your daily chores and oven mitts, you can do it. Honestly, bu- I'm bunker gloves. I'm trying to incorporate that into literally everything. Like I'm, I have a little Labor Day barbecue this afternoon that I'm excited about, but I might show up in my structure gloves. It's a good idea. Wear them <laughs> in. Those things, you, they can be a little stiff at first. I, you know, so. I was very humbled with the lack of hand usage I had this week. <laughs> I, I I have a way I could go with that, and I'm just going to... Don't go there, but (laughs) I think people know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Fantastic. Strictly structural firefighting and rope tying specific. Any non-firefighting events? How's SoCal treating you? SoCal's good, man. I haven't... uh, I definitely haven't been doing the typical things you would do if you were in SoCal for fun. I just... It's all it's all academy for me right now, and I wouldn't have it any other way. There'll be plenty of other time for for all the fun stuff in LA, but right now it's just study, go to the academy, take care of my body, get ready for the next day. I'm in the same spot, and yeah. it's taking care of your body is definitely a big one, man. It is. It's huge. I sent you a picture of my toes. <laughs> yeah, those were disgusting. I was sweating so much, and. It, <laughs> People who don't know, who have no experience in firefighting, our bunker gear does a very good job of retaining heat and moisture on the inside and keeping it from entering from the outside. And uh, I built up a, so much sweat that it looked like I had fallen asleep in a hot tub for a I couple hours. So Obviously, I already had immense amount of respect for firefighters everywhere, but after the first week, just the amount of respect I have for people firefighters that work in hot environments like las vegas or phoenix palm springs any or just anywhere actually if it's hot like that it's once you get just the smallest amount of perspiration going you're 
it's you're already going to be drenched no matter what you're doing yeah my my dad who lives in las vegas wants me to like you know live closer to him obviously he's like vegas is hiring for firefighters and i was like ha <laughs> yeah like i was texting yesterday our lead instructor was uh with a fire department in the las vegas area and he doesn't have a whole lot of sympathy for 80 degree weather if it's not 120 then what are you complaining about exactly when it's <laughs> when you're in 118 degree heat and it's melting the tint off car windows oh my and you're in bunker gear fighting a fire i can i can only imagine how insane, insane that is that's part of the reason honestly why i picked washington <laughs> i mean you thought that was smart in advance it makes sense now planning it out baby it was only like the low 80s the other day and i was just like whoa this feels I way hotter yeah, absolutely, and if you don't get to open up and release some of that heat, it can get real hot. But yes, anyway, anyways, so that's enough of BS and catching up. Uh, yeah, let's let's roll right into it. Um, we're we're gonna start sad this morning. Yes, we are. I'll let you uh, take the reins. All right. The first topic we're gonna talk about is the passing of the American senator, American war hero former POW in the Vietnam War, and that is the passing of John McCain. Um, John McCain had been suffering from a terrible type of brain cancer that he succumbed to in the last week. Um, just a little backstory on John McCain. I'm sure everybody's pretty familiar with him. Uh, he was graduate of the Naval Academy, uh, went on to fly in Vietnam, was shot down over Vietnam, survived the plane crash, was immediately captured by the North Vietnamese Army, and was imprisoned at the famous POW camp, uh, the Hanoi Hilton in North Vietnam. He was there for five years. He exemplified nothing but courage and patriotism while he was in captivity, um, stuck up for all of the prisoners around him, was actually offered an opportunity to leave because of his father. Uh, I believe he was an ad admiral in, in the Navy. Um, so they were going to give him an, an opportunity to leave, but he said he wasn't the first one there, so he's not the first one to leave. He's going to leave with the rest of his POWs. Uh, then he went on to, so when he was released, he came back stateside, finished his career in the Air Force, or flying for the Navy, rather, and then served his country proud as a senator for the state of Arizona and just really exemplified everything that our country has to stand for in a positive way patriotism courage um, integrity and just servitude to your nation and um, we lost him this week and a lot of the discussion that was going on around his funeral and what mr mccain had planned before his his passing was not inviting our current president to have anything to do with his burial ceremony don't attend, don't give a eulogy, just don't even comment on my death. And that kind of got everybody's attention and um, led to a great amount of debates and, and just kind of exemplified McCain's fiery spirit, uh, even in death. Absolutely, and he was known for his fiery spirit. He's uh, the maverick, John McCain, and uh, his, you were saying that... Uh, at the Hanoi Hilton, he was given the option to be released early, and that's that's correct. His father was actually at the time the commander of all the forces, U.S. forces in the Vietnam theater, wow. and that that was the basis upon which the North Vietnamese army was going to release him early. 
He refused unless every man taken in before was released mm-hmm. in accordance with, uh, you know, the, the code, DOD code, um, code of military justice, how you're supposed to carry things out. And um, while other POWs had undergone interrogation techniques, and no, there's n- no shame in this, obviously, but um, some of them had, after, you know, hours, days, weeks, months, years of torture. Um, Others had been kind of coerced uh, through violence into signing kind of just statements, pieces of paper that the North Vietnamese drawn up and you sign those pieces of paper and maybe the the torture, the beatings will kind of lessen for a little bit. McCain never cracked. Um, McCain never signed any of those pieces of paper. And he was beaten consistently for th- that refusal to sign those statements. His his treatment in Hanoi, um, and he was moved to a different POW camp later, whose name escapes me at the moment, but um, left him unable to raise either his left or right hand over his head. And, um, you know, whether or not you agree with John McCain politically, one thing that is unquestionable is his service, his dedication, and his sacrifice to our country. And uh, just to go over some of his uh, distinguished awards that he received, he retired as a captain, which is very high rank in the Navy, uh, if you're unfamiliar with that. It's pretty much right before Admiral, um, which is the, the highest rank. There's four different designations of Admiral, but... Um, the ad the designation admiral is the highest rank. He was given the silver star, two legions of merit, distinguished flying cross, three bronze stars, two purple hearts, two navy commendation medals, and a prisoner of war medal. So, sad story. John McCain's passing, um, and obviously Trump wasn't invited because he had made idiotic statements in regards to Mr. McCain, saying, you know, I like I like my know heroes or soldiers or whatever the exact term was that that don't get ca- I, don't, I like them to not get captured or something mm-hmm. to that effect just just classless especially for somebody who had gotten deferment after deferment after deferment yep. and had for for bone spurs so yeah go fuck yourself and uh, <laughs> yeah. just two polar opposite individuals McCain yeah. comes from a strict military background, duty, honor, country, putting your country before you, and then the other side, it's just money, deals, whatever you have to do to get ahead to succeed. Doesn't matter what who whose feet you step on or how you do it, just as long as you're making money and moving forward, that's all that matters. So just two p- completely different individuals who are on or were on the same side of the aisle. But I think that's another thing that um so so many people respected about McCain was that he he was a Republican, but he was willing to work with the other side in order to better this nation, and he wasn't going to compromise his own values just to stick to some narrow-minded belief. Agreed. And, and John McCain was one of President Trump's most vocal critics on the Republican side of the aisle. Um, yeah, he, he was just a, a stand-up individual. And just to... <laughs> Just to give you an idea of uh, of the demeanor of John McCain, of the kind of 
fieriness. There's this good quote that I heard when he was first starting to run for political office. Um, John McCain was a newcomer to the state of Arizona when he started running there. And uh, he was, a voter had called him a, a carpetbagger. And um, it was a person from, in... Can you be a carpetbagger if you live in Arizona? Do you have to be like more in the south? Well, well, he was from. So that's where the term carpetbagger comes from. I know from. he's from uh, yeah, from the north, coming to the, to the south. south. But Arizona's not really the south. When I think of the south, I'm thinking like if you went from Annapolis to like Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, it, but he w- he wasn't from Arizona originally. He was actually born in Panama. Um, uh, yeah, I'm John. sure he moved around as a kid in military life. Yeah, he was actually born in Panama, and um, so he went his his family was mostly in Northern Virginia. So okay. he went from north to south, um, and that's that's where the term carpetbagger come came from, post uh, Civil War yeah, era. Yeah, familiar with that term, but I just yeah. like Arizona doesn't really seem like oh it's south it, to me. It's south. It's south. It's southwest. Yeah, but so so like post Civil War, I'm thinking the South is like Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, no, North Carolina. Yeah, I get that. But it it's kind of been extended in recent years, especially. I mean, if you look at the politics of Arizona, it definitely, definitely, lines up. yeah. <laughs> so, so in okay. response, all right, I'll allow it. <laughs> in response to that, this was John McCain's response. Listen, pal, I spent twenty two years in the Navy. My father was in the Navy. My grandfather was in the Navy. We in the military service tend to move a lot. <laughs> we have to live. O- in all parts of the country, all parts of the world. I wish I could have had the luxury, like you, of growing up and living and spending my entire life in a nice place like the first district of Arizona, but I was doing other things. As a matter of fact, when I think about it now, the place I lived longest in my life was Hanoi. Whoa, I just got goosebumps. (laughs) That was intense. Nice reading right there. Uh, yeah, that lady's never, or whoever said that, is never going to call anybody a carpetbagger again. Yeah, I believe um, they were immediately transported <laughs> to the <laughs> Phoenix Burn Center and uh, treated for their injuries. Oh my gosh. Nice goosebumps right there. Yeah, yeah, you're not coming back from that when somebody drops a Hanoi Hilton reference on you. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot co- come back from that. And. Make no mistake, you know, the beatings, uh, obviously, the torture, um, and John McCain spent two years in solitary confinement. Two entire years by yourself. That's so mentally tough to be able to come back from that and live a normal, prosperous life after. That's insane. The the mental fortitude and strength of John McCain is unquestionable. I just... It's it's insane. It's intangible. <sighs> Absolutely. So, so rest it, in peace, how uh, will, Senator McCain. Do you think history will kind of uh, sound like this for the rest of the time for John McCain? How will history view John McCain? Is that exactly how we're seeing him right now? Yeah, yeah I, and I don't even think he will be... Re- honestly remembered for that much longer past um his death i i think really you know, yeah what i mean, mean by that uh, well name me a politician from 20 years ago go that recently died 
Yeah, the 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 uh, Ted Kennedy. Well, let's go. Let's go. Name a politician that died twenty years ago that wasn't president. Uh, so I said Ted Kennedy. Does that work? Who Ted, Ted Kennedy? Kennedy? Ted Kennedy. Yeah, that works. He was. But he I kind of only thought of him because he died of the same cancer as Senator John McCain. Yeah, and he was a little bit more Kennedy. in the spotlight because of his last, last name, name as well. It's just it's tough, you know. It's yeah. You know, people don't remember politicians unless he made well, the f- president or did something. He was almost um, president twice. Yeah, but th- okay, then let's do that. Uh, Na- name me an also ran. Uh, <laughs> a Goldwater? <laughs> was that recently? Uh, 20 years Ro- ago? Ross Perot, oh, but that's yeah, for Barry the Goldwater. wrong reasons. <laughs> Barry Goldwater, he died in 98, 20 years, boom. Yeah. But not everybody knows that like I do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Also, Goldwater was. And he died was in Paradise Valley, Arizona. But also, Goldwater was kind of immortalized for his strategy of um, the Republican Party being the party of the religious right. And so, if you look back at John McCain's political career, mm-hmm. no, no offense to the dead, but you know, can you think of? some sort of bill or law he might be um immortalized he, forever for calling the ufc human cockfighting when did he say at that he was, was a like huge boxing 90, fan he was and but he was vehemently against um really mixed martial arts and called maybe in yeah, its like infant stage when it wasn't as yes in in its infant stage he was trying to get outlawed so yeah i mean at first i don't think mma knew what they were doing either but i don't <laughs> I mean, you and I, we're pretty well tapped into the military community. We'd like to be up on current events. We'd like to try to stay abreast of politics, all that yeah. sort of stuff. I don't think the average American is going to know John McCain's name in 30 years. Well, that's a shame. It is. It is. So, uh, from that, <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's just move over to Donald Trump. Okay. Donnie. Donnie boy Trump. Uh, we gave an update last week on Mr. Cohen, mm-hmm. Mr. Manafort, their charges. Um, there's a there's a little more updates. I'm not, I don't know if you're aware of this. No, to be honest, uh, this last week was kind of I didn't keep a whole lot keep up with a whole lot of Cohen and Manafort. Yeah, no worries. I just woke up at 5 a.m. did a lot of research. Whatever. I mean, um, I woke up. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, there have been more charges leveled. Um, as a result of the Mueller investigation. And um, these have focused on two individuals. I'm going to start with the one that's most closely tied to the Trump campaign, and that is George Papadopoulos. I, I love that last name, you by said the it way. pretty well. It's, it's just fun from to say. Growing up, you just say Nick Papa Giorgio all the time. Something like that. Um, and he... He was a Trump campaign advisor, and he pled guilty to misleading the FBI about um, Trump and Russia and the involvement of Russia in trying to influence the Trump campaign. Um, And the big news on this is in pleading guilty, he admitted that he was in a sit-down meeting with President Trump and Jeff Sessions, and he brought to the table the idea of trying to meet with these Russian individuals to see, you know, what sort of information they could get on Hillary Clinton, that sort of stuff. And um, 
Sessions verbally okayed it, and Trump gave a nod of approval. So that implicates the Attorney General of the United States in illegal activity. That implicates the President in illegal activity. We will see what comes of this, but uh, not looking good for for the Donald. It doesn't look Mag- good. MAGA. Doesn't look good, but like what we reiterated last week was not. I mean, when was the last time it has looked good? But what exactly has changed? Yeah, I'm hoping that this is a wide net. It has been cast very wide and mm-hmm. slowly tightening and tightening yep. and tightening. True. It's like a bowling. And and I think that if I if I were Mueller, if I were sitting in his position, and knowing that a Republican majority House and Senate is not going to impeach a sitting Republican president, I would tighten the net to get the smaller fish or i guess that metaphor doesn't quite work um (laughs) but i would i would take care of the smaller fish first before then because they're not going to be affected by the um, majority in in the house and senate and then post november i would be hoping that the tables flipped and the democrats were the majority and um i would then then go after the bigger fish that need that majority in order to have something happen to them. But also just getting all these little, little and, and little, they're not little, they're, mm-hmm. they're big players in the, in the world of politics. Um, getting all of them and having them plead guilty and getting their testimony, it's only going to help um, further down the line when I present a case against larger individuals. Mm-hmm. We'll see what so, happens. So hopefully that's what happens. Hopefully that's what we're working towards. And in addition to Mr. Papadopoulos, Sam Patton pled guilty to failing to register as a foreign agent for a Russia-aligned Ukrainian political party. That sounds Um, like a heck of a movie. Yeah. He's a lobbyist who worked very closely with a Mr. Paul Manafort, and he faces five years in in prison and up to a $250,000 fine. So if... If you're keeping score at home, <laughs> folks. Um, a, lot of, a lot of L's being tossed out. Yeah, just to recap, Georgie Papadopoulos mm-hmm. pled guilty to lying to the FBI about Trump and Russia and their connections and the meetings. So we have that. We have Sam Patton failing to register as a foreign agent for a Russia-aligned Ukrainian political party, and he worked with very close with Paul Manafort. Um Mr. Papadopoulos was a campaign advisor for Trump. Sam Patton was just a lobbyist trying to influence the Trump campaign through Paul Manafort. We have Michael Michael Flynn. If you forgot about Mr. Flynn, Trump's national security advisor. Let's just think about that for a second. The position of national security. security. It's hmm. a big name. Yeah. Um, so he pled guilty to lying to the FBI about conversations with russians okay yeah the russian name Mm -hmm. um i have a quick question for you go ahead Uh, unless uh you need to finish but what i'm just gonna continue i'm gonna continue my list and then hold the question sure thing go Um, ahead rick gates trump's campaign uh advisor pled guilty for conspiracy and lying to the fbi Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, eight charges of campaign finance violation. Paul Manafort, campaign chairman, guilty of eight counts, uh, um, five counts of tax fraud, two bank fraud, and one failure to disclose a foreign bank account. Nice, hitting for the cycle. So, 
Apparently, Trump doesn't have the best people. Um, and the hits just keep, keep coming. on coming. What do you think uh, a nice sit down interrogation with the FBI looks like? Is that in like a dark room? Where is that office? How intense is that? Because it seems like everyone's just lying to the FBI. So is it not as intense as I envision? Or does no one have respect? Does no one care? No one afraid of the consequences? Because this Papadopoulos guy is 31 years old and he's just walking into an FBI interrogation and lying to people. It takes stones. It definitely takes balls and I don't... I don't know if they think they're so well connected. I think there's a little bit of an ego complex going on, especially with people who reach these high levels mm-hmm. of DC politics. And these shakers and movers thinks, think that they're above the law. Yeah. So I don't think it's, I don't even think they're considering what an FBI interrogation looks like. I think they, that's not a possibility in their brain. Because I think these are people who have just gotten away with doing whatever they Mm -hmm. want for so long that they think that's just how the world operates. So Yeah, and I'm sure they all have family connections. If they think that they're actually going to be in trouble, they can just rely on them. Family connections, a lot of these guys are tied directly to the President of the United States. Mm -hmm. So you you think I have the most powerful individual in the U.S. in my my corner. Yep. Uh, Follow-up question. Quick Google search on Paul Manafort shows that his daughter wants to file a petition to change her last name and not for marital reasons. Is that good or bad? <laughs> for for her? For yeah. Paul Manafort? <laughs> her, his daughter wants to change her last name and not good because she's getting married. Good move on her part. <laughs> Definitely. That's got to be rough for a father. Yeah, I'm sure... You know, if his political career is any indication, I'm sure he wasn't the greatest um, father. Either, so. <laughs> That's a rough look Jess for Man- a dad. Jess Manafort. What is her name change going to be? Um, yeah, that's rough. Taking away the last name. Jess Bond. Ooh. Bond? That's, a, that's an upgrade. <laughs> that's kind of fun. Jessica Jessica Ann Bond. Huh. Yeah, and that's her surname. So, yeah. Good for Very her. Good. Making moves. Yeah, to separate, and she's seeking the name change, to separate myself <laughs> and my work from a public perception that has nothing to do with the person I am. Uh, I'm sure. a passionate liberal and registered Democrat, and this has been difficult for me. Whoa. Although I am the daughter of, in quotes, I am very much my own person, and hopefully people can realize that. Dang. Ruthless. <laughs> just cutting deep. That that can't feel good, no. unless you're just a sociopath. I feel like the, the Nazis, their kids changed their last name. That was the last time I heard about people changing their last name. Yeah, I haven't really heard of that in, in recent memory. Maybe wow. maybe Julio Cesar Chavez didn't he want to change his name or something after his son's terrible performance against Canelo? I think he wanted his son to change his <laughs> last name. <laughs> He's like, I'm not changing my name, but you need to change your last name. <laughs> so those are the people that changed their last name. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, not looking good for the Trump campaign, um, 
and I just expect, and that w- that's one week. One week we have two more people going down. Who knows Our what's going to happen? Tune in, extravagant. tune They're in like next week updates, to find out what happens, happens on, on the next basis. episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, kind of sti- sticking on politics, n- but yeah. not entirely. So I'm not sure if you read this. It's not as pertinent up in Washington State, but uh, the fast food burger chain In and Out you're familiar with. They I am very familiar. <laughs> I know you are. They recently donated, I think, like $25,000 to the Republican Party. Um, and so in and outs mostly in California, Arizona, Nevada, and Oregon, I think. So kind of the southwest. Yes. Southwest. Utah. Southwest. Utah as well. And Utah. Okay. And Dallas. Dallas. Yep. There's one in Dallas. Okay. But mostly it started in like Southern California. It's kind of a yeah. laid back burger chain vibe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they donated a bunch of money to the Republican Party and now like the LA Times and the op-eds and a lot of people in LA are calling for a boycott of In-N-Out uh, Los Angeles primarily Democratic and I w- drove by there yesterday actually and there was a guy outside with a little protest sign so I was curious oh, wow. what, yeah so I was curious what your thoughts on In-N-Out in particular but also like boycotting organizations like that in general when they take like a political stance It's, I mean, ideally, if you, I mean, is it the right thing to do morally if you disagree with the policies of the Republican Party and don't want to support that organization? Yeah, it probably is. It's also probably morally, you know, uh, the way I I view um, my morals is it, it, it all. It all starts from a first principles issue of suffering. And I try to make my actions decrease the suffering in the world as much as humanly possible. So if looking at it from that standpoint, it's also probably morally correct thing to do to be vegan. And I'm I'm not doing that either. Um, so, yes, is it the right thing to do? Will I do it? Is Will I implement this in my life? Probably not. And now it's just so. So good. Yes, delightful. No one's gonna argue that. And you know, Chick Fil A, same That's, thing. Yeah, that was gonna you be know. my follow up question: is when they came out and spoke negatively, spoke down upon gay marriage, <coughs> that also also got the country in an uproar. But people still go to Chick Fil A. People are still gonna go to In and Out. This is this is very true. So my thoughts on it are, but it says the company said it made equal contributions to both Democratic and Republican political action. I've read that as well. So that's not all. People are also not looking at that either. It's more like they're highlighting the $25,000 donation to the Republican Party. Yeah. And also, you know, In-N-Out is a conservative. Um institution they Which put is fine. i don't know if you know this but they put bible verses on the bottom of their cups mm-hmm. and, and they say like merry christmas around the holidays they don't uh, do the the happy holidays they say merry christmas absolutely and i i'm not sure you know they made twenty five thousand in the grand picture of things That's nothing yeah um 
make a ruling right now, I don't think it's, you know, you buying f- myself <laughs> eating in two four by fours um, back to back is not going to cause that much suffering in the world except for the cows that are being slaughtered Just by that. Eight so. patties, no big deal. So in lieu of me turning vegan, uh, I will still be shoving uh, in and out burgers in my mouth. Yeah, I don't know. I just, like one of the human, this, I don't know, this makes sense to me. It might not make sense to everybody. Like one of the human you know, necessities is food, right? And so I don't live in a commune where I'm getting my, providing myself with my own food. So I kind of have to eat, right? And mm-hmm. in this market, you go somewhere, you give people money and they give you food and you eat and you move forward. But like, so if I boycott in and out and I go to another burger chain or grocery store or whatever, like, how do I know everybody who works for that company is an upstanding individual and is doing the right thing at all times? I just feel like you're not, no matter where you go, there's going to be people that you don't agree with. And it's too much to keep track of. I mean, uh, honestly, to be up on all of these. If you looked up any company, any major organization, I'm sure there's somebody in their chain of command that's not doing things the right way. Yeah, Amazon is having their employees pee in diapers because they can't take bathroom breaks because they're, like, punished for it. Right. So the only feasible way I see to go about this is is if you're leaving a completely, like, self-sustaining life in a commune on a farm or whatever your means are. But if you're living in, like, a big city where you go to the grocery store, stuff like that, I don't know how you avoid this. You heard it here for First, folks, Tommy endorses going off the grid and living in a commune. If that's what you want to do, I mean, I'm all for you know growing your own food and living off the land. That's that's great. It's just not as my completely. Yeah, it's just not. It's just not realistic for a lot of people. It's definitely not. It's it's a luxury, and it's definitely a luxury of living in the United States. Not only living in the United States, but being you know middle class, upper middle class. Um, Yeah, so. In the words of Max Holloway, <laughs> it is what it is. So we're going to keep e- eating in and out. Correct. Do you have one anywhere near you? No. Yeah. Oregon. Mm-hmm. Portland. Like northern Oregon, yeah. I think. or Maybe it's not Portland. Maybe it's a different city. All right. Well, that's, yeah. the, that's the big hubbub, the big scuttlebutt around Los Angeles right now is in and out's political views. All righty. Well, I'm gonna get. Let's just get, knock out all the political stuff, all sure. the dark stuff, all the, and then we'll get to some lighter, more fun stuff later. But staying in California, um, I did want to talk about a positive in the political spectrum. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the state, the Assembly of the State of California has passed State Bill, um, one four two one on the 31st of August, and this restores the right of the general public to have access to and um, know about whether whether or not and how departments investigate and punish police officers who use force, plan evidence, or sexually assault civilians. So that has been passed by the Assembly. It's waiting uh, a signature from Governor Jerry Brown, and that seems like a positive change to me. Um, why those documents were not available to the public earlier is doesn't really make sense in my brain. Your thoughts, Tommy? So this is the first I'm hearing of this. So they are going to start being more transparent with like incident reports uh, whenever they're force is applied. They're going to allow um, requests of disclosure for these reports so that they it? can actually be viewed by the public. Okay. Whereas before 
these invest I'm using air quotes here mm-hmm. investigations uh were all done behind closed doors okay I'm all for transparency as am I I think uh transparency is one of the best things that can happen uh within organizations and I don't think this is necessarily bad for law enforcement either n- no it could not at easily all. just I mean you could prove yourself innocent if you're being accused of otherwise so I mean this is just holding people accountable for their actions and if that's a good thing then good then they're celebrated and pat it on the back and move forward i i i agree entirely and so i just wanted to give a shout out to the washington state assembly and washington or california or i'm sorry california um and i've you know i don't think there has been any indication that governor jerry brown will not sign the bill but hopefully you know that gets signed and implemented so what'd you read about that don't worry about where I read <laughs> about that, man. God. I got sources. I, know, I, stay I, know more ab- I, know, I need to know more about my state. Yeah, exactly. My new state. Um, there is a... Do you think that'll include, like, body cam footage? Or is that I mean, it's the whole, the whole investigation. So okay. if body... You know, if there's a use of force and body cam footage is available, um, you will know whether or not that investigator viewed that body footage and whether or not... Um, it showed mm-hmm. the act being perpetrated. Okay. So, it's a good thing. Uh, moving on to other policies being implemented in Southern California. Mikey policy. Mikey policy. Also, uh, you said, you know, what's happening in your state. I do know that reddit.com slash r slash politics mm-hmm. has a weekly or monthly what's happening in your state mega thread. Ooh. Where um, people post on their uh, political things that are happening in your state. So okay, good to know. Just FYI. Thank you. Stay educated. Yeah, I will. Now, this this policy might rock the world as well. Uh, <laughs> Disneyland. Ooh, Did you hear about this? I think I know where you're going with this. Some ETOH action. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to booze it up in 2019, baby. I have a lot of questions on that. Is it... All Disneyland parks? Is it Disney World? So, I didn't know this. Disney World has been serving alcohol for quite a while now. I've, yeah, I've never been there. I've never been to the great state of Florida before. So, right a shout out Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so, Disneyland is going to start serving booze. And I'm, I got to imagine it's got to be in like a centralized, like in one location. You can't just walk around like you're on the Las Vegas Strip with a two foot long margarita. Because that would be mm. cool too. Yeah, it would be. Um, <laughs> no, I think they're opening up a Star Wars-themed cantina, if you will, and huh. they'll be serving it in there. Um, interesting. How many times have you been to Disneyland, Tommy? In my lifetime? Yes. Uh, probably 12 to 15 times. But I haven't good, been... Good, perfect. I, pr- I haven't been in the last decade. Okay, good. The, very good. So what percentage of people there are high? <laughs> high? Yeah. Uh, it's, it ain't the given the time. rates have probably risen <laughs> in, with the legalization of it. Yeah, and I, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about in general. <laughs> in general, uh, probably the parents with some type of benzodiazepine are 65% high. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I'm trying to say, I don't think this is going to change much, no. folks. I I just think a lot of parents will be drinking wine at the at the bar to just try to make all those songs get out of their head. Yeah, and and someone who isn't me may have heard of stories of people going to Disneyland on 
Mushrooms, acid, ecstasy. That could be a lot of fun. It could also <laughs> be terrifying. Yeah, if it's you go a small on, world like, after all. Yeah, that's what sure. I was thinking. If you get like a weird acid trip on It's a Small World and you're just stuck on that little boat with like little puppets singing and chanting around you, that could be pretty scary. Oh, okay. I want to talk about this. So anyway, uh, sorry. <laughs> this is uh, going to get us off track. But Breaking news. <laughs> so my sister and I went to Disneyland uh, a number of years ago. I don't even know how many. Were you like a kid or like an adult? Uh, Binomial teens. scale. I was in my teens. Uh, okay. So you were like we still happy, like excited, like the youthful Disneyland trip? You know where it was? It was right when I realized that Disneyland sucks. It, it's the it age suck, where it's, there's just like a there's like you cross a line. Disneyland like blows. Kid. Get get out of here. Nah, get the fuck out of here. There's Disneyland like, blows. No, there's like the tradition and the pageantry and like there's some nostalgia for it. But it's just different as a kid and as an adult. I think as an it adult, is, you find you go, the go, go ahead. ahead. I think Sorry. as an adult, you find like the joy that you see in like other kids' faces and like the the innocence of it. That's stupid and poetic, but I think it, there's some truth to that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's not like me. it's not like you're going to some crazy like theme park with like insane rides and like new and you're exactly. going 200 miles an hour that's different that's like six flags but like you know that going into it like this is gonna see be i didn't know that at that age because okay, well, when i was then. well i didn't live in socal tommy so i wasn't going back every year <laughs> so so you know the last time i went i was probably 12 something like there's that. more exhilarating rides at like a county fair but exactly that, that's but what that's, i didn't realize yeah, what, okay well that's you know yeah. Nine, twelve-year-old Mike, however old I was back in the day. Yeah, that's not Disneyland. I, th- I thought these rides are crazy. No, no, Space no. Mountain's insane. No, Space Mountain's Splash Mountain's huge. Space Mountain's the size of a Connex. <laughs> no, <laughs> rides are bullshit. Yeah, all right, that's are, that's on you then for not just not knowing the difference. Lines are insane. The lines, lines I, are I'm insane. not going to defend price the lines. The price is insane. I'm not going to. Food def- sucks. <laughs> Don't go. I'm not going to boycott <laughs> Disneyland. Uh, but back, haters. back. Okay, oh, let's not get off track. True. Because uh, so younger Mike went with his sister and the rest of his family, but my sister and I are both the people who noticed this. Went on a little ride. You may know it. Pirates of the Caribbean. Love that ride. Favorite ride. Exactly. So do you remember when you get through Pirates of the Caribbean and they're like looting the town? Yeah, and there's some like misogynistic, maybe sexual stuff going on. (laughs) Yeah, definitely that. But (laughs) what I noticed and what my sister noticed was that in one of the windows of Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. There was a, in one of the burning windows, was a menorah um, of the you, Pirates of the you Caribbean can't line. can't practice Judaism in, like, Aruba? I'm saying it's not that common, and I'm saying there are, are saying allegations of against... Of anti-Semitism, and then this is more of a reflection of the 1939 Crystal Knock? Is that what you're trying to connect here? <laughs> the Night of the Long Knives? Beautiful. You did it. <laughs> I didn't even have to say anything. We didn't have this conversation did I connect beforehand, folks. <laughs> uh, there it is. Beautiful. <laughs> that was that worked out way better than I could have even imagined. But um that good yes, No, that's morning. what I'm saying. And so I looked it up online. I'm not the only person. My sister's not the only person. Oh, there's definitely there some w- creepy like 
thing creepy uh disneyland like weird but but here's the other thing tradition we went back years later and it was removed uh, yeah and this uh, has been documented online by other people who I aren't think they had to take sister. down some of the like some of your wenches stuff in the pirates of the caribbean ride because oh so i'm sure i'm sure yeah but if the so I'm saying what I'm saying is if the menorah was wasn't there in a anti-Semitic fashion, then why was it removed, Tommy? All I'm saying is look into it. Okay, Eddie Bravo. I never noticed the menorah, but that I mean, did did Walt Disney hire German Nazi scientists to come work on his rides? Absolutely. Well, Operation Paperclip was a resounding success for the United States of America. So. <laughs> If you want to criticize criticize individuals, then go ahead. So you gotta criticize bottom, bottom line is Operation Paperclip is cool, <laughs> as is eating in and out burgers. Yeah, there you go. That's how we connect dots around here. Draw parallels. Were you, so were yeah. you thinking Crystal Knock? Or did I just no, 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 I was, yeah. Uh, 100%. Oh, wow. That's, uh, huh. I think I got the, the year wrong on that, but I yeah, still I got don't know. the... I don't know what year it was. It was in sure. the 30s. Yeah. So... Staying on conspiracy theories. I was one year off. It's it was in thirty eight. I jumped the gun. I said thirty nine. That's on me. I got to be better. Will be better. <laughs> what was your major in college? I can't remember. Uh, history, bachelor oh, okay. of arts in history, whatever. All right, that's what. Um, staying on conspiracy. theories. It's all about theories. remembering years. That's all history is. D- please don't take the tinfoil. Well, do take the tinfoil hat off for this one. Okay. Um, positive news. Uh, are you familiar with a Mr. Alex Jones of InfoWars? I sure am. Did you see that uh, he was trying to get a lawsuit dismissed against him? This lawsuit was brought I by... Like every, I feel like anything Alex Jones does is going to have a lawsuit attached to it. Yeah. Well, he was trying to get a lawsuit dismissed against him, and it was a defamation lawsuit filed by parents of the Sandy Hook massacre. And they these parents, yeah, they they filed the defamation lawsuit because Alex Jones was a very vocal peddler of the conspiracy theory that Sandy Hook was a false flag, and he was saying that these parents were actors, that their children did not die, that um, is that protected under freedom of speech? It's. It's How? not. I mean, <laughs> defamation isn't definitely not. Defamation, um, slander, libel, those sorts of things. If you are damaging somebody else's reputation um, via your words, then you can be held liable for the damage and the, the financial and emotional hardship that that can incur on a person. And um, so the parents, Ver- Veronique De La Rosa and Leonard Posner, um, parents of Noah Posner, a six-year-old who has tra- tragically lost their life in the Sandy Hook massacre, um, th- their lawsuit will proceed, and I do hope that um, Alex Jones will face extremely harsh pe- harsh penalties for this because this dis- is just despicable. Absolutely, disgusting. is Alex Jones is that is he a character or does he actually believe in these things? So I have you ever listened to the Rogan? Um, I didn't li- Jones podcast. No, the nine eleven, the nine one one podcast. I didn't listen to it. I'm I'm sure there are certain things that Alex Jones um, plays up for the sake of his audience, but I believe that he believes a an extremely large percentage of the things that he's saying. I believe he is just like 
what's his i gotta look up his like educational background or like how does one come that's a good question like how there's got to be some intelligence in there and then it just went haywire yeah like how does one get to that point where you come up with these theories yeah where did he get his start you know (laughs) i would imagine he was like a local radio host somewhere and then just in order to kind of separate himself he might have just completely said all this ridiculous stuff just to move the needle kind of like skip bayless but for serious things so he, as a teenager, he read conservative journalist and conspiracy theorist Gary Allen's anti-Semitic oh. book, None Dare Call It Conspiracy, which Jeez. had a profound influence on him and which he calls the easiest to read primer on the New World Order. He briefly attended Austin <laughs> Community College, but so, dropped okay, out. Okay, so I rescind my educational background. Yeah, there's little to none is that. So, When the Oklahoma City bombing happened... Jones began accusing the government of being responsible. Just a strange way of viewing the world. He was a branch Davidian? Oh, no, he he wanted to build a church as a memorial to those who died in the branch Davidian. Interesting. Interesting. Is he married? Like, what does he do when he goes home? He is married, but he he is recently going through divorce proceedings. Yeah, crazy. So, oof. anyway, yeah, Alex Jones is insane and despicable. He has like legit. He's le- following, right? Well, Trump legitimized him. <laughs> you know, Trump. Trump super legitimized him by saying that he's a good guy with, who like you know I'm paraphrasing here. I don't know the exact terms, but he's a good guy who puts out good information and that they talk regularly and all that sort of thing. And that gave him a lot of legitimacy. That's scary. He's also against some of the vaccines. Against vaccines, um, believes uh, Pizzagate was one of his things. Um, He's a 9-11 truther. 9-11 truther. Uh, He believes that, you know, there's this large conspiracy to molest children um, within Hollywood. Who knows? You know, maybe that one's right. I don't know. (laughs) Um, There's obviously conspiracies to molest children all over the place yeah and we can move into that next if you'd like sure (laughs) mike's favorite topic right now yeah it's uh, well the hits just keep coming man uh, who i mean obviously it's worse to yeah i think yeah it's unequivocally worse to systemize the rape of children versus betraying your country and stuff like that right right it's not good it's not good either way so we're just gonna roll into it. Um, sure. Pick it up Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano uh, released a letter where he accused Pope Francis directly of personally covering the abuse of Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, who was the cardinal for Washington D.C., and he would abuse seminarians who. Uh, relied on his influence and power for their promotion within the church. Um, Allegedly, Francis knew in starting in 2013, Pope Benedict before him sanctioned McCarrick, and so they knew that this was going on, tried to impose some sanctions on him. Those sanctions weren't really that successful because he just did what he wanted anyway. Um, He was allowed to choose people and put them in positions of power within the DCE um, diocese diocese 
dies, whatever. Yep. Um, and when Pope Francis was questioned directly about this, he kind of sidestepped the allegation, saying he won't Hello? dignify it with a response. So, your thoughts, and then I'll add a little bit more of that. Yeah, I mean, it's along the same lines as the last time we spoke. It just makes you question your faith, makes you question the people you follow and what you've always believed. It's despicable. Um, if he truly did cover up and stand up for people who were abusing children, then there's no way he should be in any type of leadership position. And that's what uh, Vigano is calling for. He's calling for the removal of Pope Francis. I can't remember the last... The I, I just don't even know what the logistics of or the last time a pope was removed without retiring or death. So that would be a huge shakeup and maybe exactly what the Catholic Church needs right now to kind of have them wake up and realize what is going on and how awful their actions are. Yeah, and the uh, Pope Benedict actually resigned in 2013. Yeah, that was for, I think, health complications or he just didn't want to do it anymore which was a shake-up because i don't <laughs> well i don't think he had before then I, I remember when he did resign it was such huge news because no pope had resigned in like the last 500 years everybody had served until their passing yeah before benedict the last pope to resign was, like the was gregory Gregory the seventh in fourteen fifteen. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, you just and he you did that in order to end away. the Western schism. <laughs> yeah, so you do it until you're, you know, with God. But the current Pope and the last Pope may not follow that same route. Exactly. I don't and know. So I've been thinking about our conversation all week, though. It's crazy. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely something, especially I can only imagine as somebody who identifies as Catholic to to chew over mm-hmm. and just kind of uh, just think about. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult there's pill a, to swallow. There's a Catholic church like two blocks away from where I'm staying, and I just see it all the time, and just makes you think, man. Yeah, it makes you think. How many kids have been raped in that building? Sure, hope that number is zero. <laughs> but if you even have to so ask that question. So one of the interesting things um, about this whole issue, and I, I'm i going to uh, give a shout out to The Daily. It's a podcast by The New York Times, um, and I listened to this episode uh, that covered this issue particularly. And it was saying that this move by Arch- Archbishop uh, Vigano is kind of a power play. It's not just about the knowledge that Pope Francis had or, or of the abuse, but Vigano is part of a kind of a, a conservative faction within the Catholic Church that wasn't too happy about a lot of the decisions that Pope Francis has made in his papacy. Pope Francis has been kind of um, called the progressive pope, the mm-hmm. you know, the cool pope. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he says like cool things about progressive things on gay marriage and stuff. Exactly, and that was one of the issues that this conservative faction had the most uh, the most issue with. And so th- the the Daily was speculating on whether or not this, I, I mean it may all be true, um, but whether or not their release of this information was because they are so um, against 
the moves that Pope Francis has been making within the Catholic Church. So I found that interesting, but either way, the whole situation is disgusting. Um, the, the the sanctions that um, that Benedict put on uh, McCarrick are definitely true. Those have been um, confirmed by the church. But uh, they were saying it, I believe, confirmed by the church. Allegedly, I'm not going to say definitely. But um, he... Since 1974, at least, they believe he has been abusing seminarians. So he, uh, his move, I guess, was to invite five seminarians to his beach house for like a weekend. Kind of like a getaway retreat kind of thing. Maybe they'd discuss clergy issues and, you know, study or whatever. But his move was he didn't have enough beds. He had enough beds for four people. And he would invite five seminarians, and the fifth seminarian would be offered a spot in his bed with him. You know, I'll sleep on this side, you sleep on that side, and that's when the abuse would occur. Um, the Catholic Church did pay out 180000 to settle two claims of, these, um, of this abuse. And so um, it definitely happened. He, They definitely knew about it, and he wasn't made to resign until June of this year when these allegations at least stem back to 1974 and the Catholic Church was asked to investigate very strongly in the late 90s. So, um, Staying on the Catholic Church. <laughs> um, Keeping it light. Just, just going to carry on. Keep it light. Um, Chile's Roman Catholic Church has now come out and said in the past year their investigations have drastically increased. They're now investigating seven bishops and 96 priests, um, 178 possible victims, 79 of them minors. So just... Hits keep on coming. Yep. There is, you know, as we uncover these stones, uh, we find a lot of shit underneath. So it, there just needs to be a worldwide investigation of the, the Catholic Church. Their, their tax... Their tax um, status should be taken away. They should have to pay taxes, just like any other organization. Um, something needs to happen. I don't know how we make that happen, um, but something does. If you are a Catholic who attends church, do something about it. Don't just don't do nothing. Do something about it. And maybe we need to start at least, you know. In other states where investigations haven't taken place, at least in the United States, maybe we need to start petitioning our, our politicians to investigate the Catholic Church in your own state so we can uncover more of this and bring these people to justice. And while we, while we can't erase the things that happened to these victims, we can at least bring justice to their, their abusers and maybe get some at least some financial compensation so these people can get the therapy and um, treatment that they need for these issues. So, uh, 